Hello and welcome to our first ever in-between episode of the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. We're calling this the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast Unpolished and Incomplete. That's the name of this thing. What this is, is it's a kind of an in-between episode. So our last episode was episode number five. Our next episode's going to be episode number six. But we wanted to talk about something in-between episodes. So we created this in-between, not quite an episode that we're calling All That's Holy, Blue Collar Podcast, Unpolished and Incomplete. What'll happen is in between episodes that we edit and polish and get ready to publish, something will happen in the news or in the culture that we want to talk about and we want to talk about right away. So we'll sit down uh, over Skype and we'll record us talking about a specific topic that happened that week. This week we're going to talk about the issue surrounding Colin Kaepernick and his silent protest to sit down and not stand up for the national anthem so i hope you enjoy this first ever all that's holy blue collar podcast unpolished and incomplete Okay, so one of the reasons we're doing this type of episode, this kind of in-between, raw, unedited, incomplete episode, is because in between our regular episodes, things happen in the world, and we want to talk about them uh, in a more timely fashion and not talk about things two weeks after they happen, although we are coming close to that. Fortunately, the the thing that's nearly two weeks after the thing that happened, (laughs) the thing that happened, he did it again. Exactly. So no early three days after. So we're still fresh. Still fresh. Still fresh. And so what we're referring to is Colin Kaepernick and his stand to sit. Or, <laughs> yes, stand to sit or take a knee. Take a knee to, um, yes, the. there's been all sorts of reactions to this. So, Craig, uh, what are your thoughts? What, what were your initial thoughts when you first read about Colin Kaepernick or heard about his stance? Well, before we go there, I saw this on on uh, ESPN Game Day yes. today. Mm-hmm. Um, the answer to the question, hey, what can you bench? The answer, Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know that he'll be benched over that. No. Uh, yeah. But um, <laughs> no, my initial thoughts were, um, one, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Two, He's not the most articulate spokesperson for the position. Uh, Three, he follows a long, kind of a a long line of significant athletes who've tried to make social statements. So there's nothing really new about it. And in fact, some of those people in the past have been, um, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say idolized, but they've been commemorated for their actions. Muhammad Ali now. Muhammad Ali. I think Muhammad Ali was such a significant one because, I mean, not only did they, did he make this statement against the war and choose to become a conscientious objector mm-hmm. but uh, they took away his license to box right. they said you can't make a living with what you do anymore oh man yeah I, when when muhammad ali passed away and everyone really held him up i i can remember reading articles you know because i wasn't alive when all that happened you know it was before um my time but i can remember the vitriol against him and i'm like wow you know we've come a long way i guess Enough years have passed that he's now honored instead of reviled. Yeah, isn't that, I think that's interesting. How does that transition take place? Uh, I remember as a kid when that was going on, and 
you know, my unformed political thoughts as a child. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All I do remember is, wait, how can he say he's a he wants to be a person of peace when he makes his living beating right, people up? Right, right. <laughs> you know, later I have ended up having a more sophisticated right. uh, thought about that. He was, you know, he was playing a game. Game had rules. Right. All that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but but yeah, we end up we end up um, initially rejecting some of these things. I wonder if Kaepernick over time. Mm -hmm. That's what I was wondering. If he if he holds a consistent position, right. that's the that's kind of what I was thinking about. You know, to me, even in our day and age, so everything is kind of sped up. You know, like everything happens a lot quicker. He, I don't think he'll be venerated by the people who reviled him, but a lot of people have stepped forward and said, hey, I might disagree with him, um, but I support his right to do that, including a lot of veterans have stepped up and said, uh, no, hey, this is, you know, I don't feel disrespected personally about this. In fact, this is why I have done this. This is why I stepped forward, right. so that people have this right to voice their opinions, to not be compelled to do something that they don't feel right about, you know? You know, it, and uh, oh, I think it's uh, Tommy Smith and John mm -hmm. Carlos. Yes. Those were the uh, Olympic athletes. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is uh, their their um, statement uh, has, has uh, I think there's a couple of statues of yeah. them. Yep and erected and so that's commemorated and meant to be you know remembered over a long period of time right. and i think it's it's a, some california university has a statue of them you know so students are seeing this thing go you know as they walk through campus mm -hmm. um you know so i think it, I, I, the, the power of athletic protests and statements about being involved in politics is is interesting my challenge is can anybody lift themselves to the level of um sophistication of say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar right, right I mean that's a that's a pretty high bar yes, it is. Um, at least seven foot two <laughs> or higher <laughs> right. but uh, but but the, the only thing I, I, I wish Kaepernick would have spent a little more time with his statement right. you know be succinct mm -hmm. after the first time it kind of sounded like he, he, he didn't sound as if it was a sophisticated well thought out statement mm -hmm. um, and I think if you're going to do anything that public and you're that kind of figure, um, really work on on the on how are you going to explain or defend or justify your actions. Right. Yes. Um, and because if you don't make a um, persuasive um, kind of apology, a, a defense, mm -hmm. uh, pe people aren't going to take it as seriously right. uh, as others. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. <clears throat> I do. I think overall, like I've gone, like I'm definitely for his right to be able to do that. Uh, and of course, as we talked about on here, you know, his cause, the issue that he's bringing to light is one that I certainly uh, can right, get behind right. and sympathize with. Um, but, you know, the actions like, for example, with the like the socks that he wore. I don't know. You probably heard about that. I'm sure. Right. Right. All that was, right. that was of course before, um, things that was, people went to find reasons to discount him. And so, you know, eh, I don't necessarily care for that, but just the fact that he wore that plus the shirt that he wore with Fidel Castro and stuff. And I don't know, you know, I'm kind of go back and forth. Like, is this a serious then? Is this like a serious thing that he's thought with just kind of what you're saying that he's thought well out, or is it just like, Hey, this is the cause du jour, 
and mm-hmm. um, I want to be a polarizing figure or, you know, whatever. I'm just right. almost right. I, I don't want to say immature, but, you know, a little bit of that. However, I do appreciate the fact that he's caused a lot of people to talk about these things. Um, and in that way, I feel like it's been a very successful, um, you know, a successful, I guess, protest. However, I guess the end result is what change comes out of it, I suppose. So I guess we shouldn't say it's successful yet or not. Yeah, and that's, yeah, so look at Muhammad Ali right. again. Uh, how long does it take for something to be considered successful? Right. It took it took a decade, right. you know, or maybe not quite a decade, but it was a while. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part of it, though, that, that my reflection, you know, the way I thought about it is as just out of uh, a faithful response. Right. I mean, I, I, I never do the hand over my heart mm-hmm. thing. Uh, I always, you know, I'll, I'll stand when the, at the beginning sure. of the game yeah. when the national anthem's going, but I'll never do the hand over my heart. And, you know, I just kind of fold my hands right. and just try to stand and um, just cause, cause the idea of uh, pledging, you know, putting your hand over your mm-hmm. heart, making that kind of thing, in at least as the way I, I view faith, there's really no room for that right. if if I consider Jesus is the one I'm pledging myself mm-hmm. to. Right. And it becomes the, you know, you can't serve two masters. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, you can't serve God and country, but you can serve your country on behalf of God. Right. Yeah. I mean, one, one, one takes priority over the other. Exactly. Yeah. And which is always an odd thing for me when I when I'm a substitute teacher. And it's, I happen to have the class periods, usually the second period of the day, where they have announcements and then they do the mm. Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> and um, I just stand and, you know, let the students do their thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I won't I don't lead out in it. Right. And I've never I've never been asked about it. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. And I, I thought that was kind of interesting. interesting. Every once in a when, when somebody asks me, you know, oh, hey, why aren't you doing that? I, I kind of want to put on like a British accent and say, oh, it's not my country, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, right. which is my theological statement. Right. You know, it's, it's not my country. But I, I wanna, right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm part of a different commonwealth. Mm-hmm. And um, it's from there that I have my citizenship. So, it, you know, I can't I don't I don't have dual citizenship, which but I do. Right. You know, in a very practical sense. And so that's why I stand out of respect. Mm-hmm out of a sense of community with the people who are my friends, neighbors, right. et cetera. Um, so I don't, I don't think I'd sit cause I don't want to be a personal affront, mm-hmm. but at the same time I don't want to pledge because it feels like an affront to my faith. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm in the same boat. I, I can remember actually when I first, <clears throat> well, okay. So at a church that I was at, they did a, it was the 10 year anniversary of nine 11. And, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was the past, you know, I was, I was preaching, but I wasn't like in charge of setting up the worship type part. And so they, oh, that's had, scary. Right, right. <laughs> and so they, um, the people who were in charge set it up with some patriot, there was patriotic song and there was actually the worship leader led the church in a pledge of the allegiance. And, um, I stood up, but I didn't put my hand over the heart and I didn't say anything. Um, and I was yeah. in the front. I was in the very front, but you know, no one, I made sure that no one behind, you know, I didn't want to make it about me. I just, I stood and let them do their thing. And <clears throat> afterwards the worship leader 
grabbed me and said, you know, I was very, I, I found that very disrespectful that you did that. I have families and military and all that. And I, I took a little bit of talking, but I reassured the, the worship leader, you know, this has nothing to do with the military. I feel this is my personal mm-hmm. conviction that I cannot do this. I can't, like, you're putting my hand over my heart that you might just think it's a symbol, but symbols mean things. And I'm basically saying mm-hmm. I'm giving my heart to this, you know, country or to this thing. And I, I can't, that's not, that's not where my heart is. It belongs only to Jesus Lord. And so I was able to stop the conversation, I think in a congenial way by encouraging the worship leader to think of me as the weaker brother in the, uh, <laughs> in the, Good right. In the, uh, you know, how Paul talks, you know, you know, don't eat this in front of your brother, you know, those kind of things. So feel free to consider me the weaker brother. And that, that, seemed to make the worship leader happy and ended the conversation. But yeah, that was my one run in with not, you know, with the, yeah, it was, it was a little uncomfortable, but I felt like I handled it well. And I, you know, that was my personal conviction. And I said, you know, I made sure no one else could see me because I don't want to, if that's no one else's personal conviction, I don't want to force that on anybody. If they want to talk to me about it, like you are, absolutely. I'd talk with them one-on-one about it, but yeah. So it was one, an interesting deal. one of the churches we, when we lived in Philadelphia, one of the churches we attended, it was a, an American Baptist church. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if the, the origin of the practice was something similar, like a, you know, 4th of July worship period time around then or, or what it was, but something happened with a flag during a American, the American flag during a worship service mm-hmm. and the congregation, I, I guess enough of the people in the congregation felt it was inappropriate. Right. And so they moved the, and so many churches have American flags up oh, at the front. Yes, yes. And so they moved the American flag out of the sanctuary, mm-hmm. went to the fellowship hall, yeah. hung hung it up from the rafters, sure. and then they went and purchased just about every other national ah, uh, flag cool, cool. they could imagine. Mm-hmm. And I think they called it like the Hall of Flags oh, or something like that. Awesome. To make the statement that, you know, we don't, the kingdom of God does not prefer one nation over another. Right. Exactly. Uh, but you know, we were, we were, we're here, we're even sent to all these other places mm-hmm. to love these people. It was a really neat visual. You know, it was cool. kind of like this cool. kind of United Nations feel. Yeah, to that's awesome. And in the, in the Mennonite church, we have a, you know, we've, we've always been the conscientious objector, right. non-participants, non-participants in warfare. Mm-hmm. And one of the odd things that happened, I think it was in World War II, because we still had a lot of Mennonites who were speaking German. Mm-hmm. They kind of had to prove to their neighbors you know, we're not, we're not Nazi spies, right? right. <laughs> even though we, even though we speak German, we're, you know, we're not, you know, we're not on that side. And, and so one church in Kansas, somebody donated a flag to the church to go up in the front, you know, behind the pulpit mm-hmm. and didn't ask a church council if it was okay, just mm-hmm. did it. You know? And so right. people come on this next Sunday and, oh, there's an American flag up there. That's kind of weird. <laughs> You're right. Well, that flag was there for f- like 40 years. Oh my gosh! And and during the 80s, the the um, the kind of the, the the tide had turned, and people were like, "Well, why do we have this here?" We well, somebody gave it. Well, let's get rid of it. Well, it has the church council has to vote on it. Well, the church council <laughs> didn't vote on it to put it in there. Well, then who's who can say to leave, take it out? Well, the church people can, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know. And, uh, you know, it became a really confusing uh, issue. You know, it wasn't put in there for a sense of 
patriotism. We're here to pray for this this flag, mm-hmm. or we're here, you know, pledging allegiance to it. It was just simply to say, we're not Germans, <laughs> <laughs> and and it became, you know, so thoroughly installed in that in that church that uh, you know it's hard to get rid of it. I, I I don't know if it's still there or not. Oh wow, that'd be interesting. When when we were in seminary, though, I was. This is a confession. I don't know if we'll get in trouble, <laughs> um, but. I was I was one of the security people, so I had to check the locks at night, make sure everything was safe and, mm-hmm. and everything sealed. But uh, me and a couple of other students who you know lived in the dorms there on campus would also play what we'd call capture the flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we would uh, we knew where the flag that was out front on the flagpole yeah. where we knew where it was put you know away at night, and it would just kind of disappear for days at a time. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was our attempt to say, this is a, this is a seminary. Exactly. We have students from all over the world. We're sending people to all over the world. We can't identify with one nation. Right. And, um, so we would, you know, then, then the you know, announcements would go through the school saying, you know, if anybody knows where that flag is, um, you know, please return it. We're about ready to purchase a new one. They're expensive, blah, blah, blah. And so all of a sudden it would show up. And then would it disappear again after a little while? And then would it disappear <laughs> again after a little while? Just... And what's really funny, one of one of the one of the co-conspirators um, who would play capture the flag, mm-hmm. uh, she is now she's now the pastor of that congregation I referenced earlier that has the oh, Hall of Flags. Oh, awesome! So that's kind of cool. That is cool. That is really cool. <laughs> so one, last thing I want to say about the about Colin Kaepernick in particular. Okay, so like. A lot of people who I saw got get upset about him showing disrespect to the flag or whatever. Right. Um, those a lot of the same people thoroughly disrespect the president because they don't agree with the president. And so I always want to ask that those people, and I haven't done this yet, but I always want to ask them, hey, what if Colin Kaepernick had not stood up? What if it wasn't that he didn't stand up for the flag? Let's say the president had been entering the stadium and he didn't stand up for that, right. for him, what would you have done then? And let's say it was even for an issue that you agree with. You know, let's say it's because he didn't like, uh, you know, whatever, like the Affordable Care Act or something. Well, let's right. say if he'd walked in and he hadn't stood up for that, what would you have done? What would you say and do? I want to ask them that because I feel like the there's some of the similar things here because, right, the president is a living symbol that do, mm-hmm. literally does represent the military. I mean, he's the commander in chief, you know, like he literally represents the military, the country and those things. And so I personally, like, I'd be like, yeah, if he wants to sit for that, I'd be in the same boat, but I wonder if they'd, oh, be, yeah, you yeah. know, I wonder if they'd be in the same boat as they are now, you know, it's, it's a fascinating thing around the second amendment. You know, if the second amendment is true and you can say what you want to say, right. wait, is that second amendment? Uh, no, no, no first, 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 amendment. Amendment. first amendment, second amendment's the guns. guns. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I mean this this basic First Amendment right to to you know free speech, um, which has been a, a a huge issue, but usually around the issue of campaign finance, you know, and Citizens United, and you know, you, free speech isn't a strange concept. Yeah, and and when somebody exercises free speech, um, we may not like what they say or agree with their say with with what they say. Wasn't there a great quote about? Uh, I won't agree. I don't may, may not agree with what you say, but I'll fight to the yes. death your right to say it. Who said that? 
It was like John Adams or Probably Thomas Jefferson or yeah. somebody way back then. Right. You know, and, and those founding ideas seem to be pretty important for a democracy to function. Yeah. So one can say Kaepernick's action was an incredibly patriotic. Exactly. That's what I, that's the stance I take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In some ways. And, and, you, and you took the stance that you love him. I do. I wanted to. Put I that thought that, that was a great, that was a great conversation. Yeah. I knew that it would go a lot of ways. I really like, I didn't know. I mean, I thought maybe some people would just be like, eh, but yeah, I just wanted to say that honestly, like no matter what, I love the guy. Cause you know, he was taking a lot of hate. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, so there you go. Those are our thoughts on Colin Kaepernick in our first ever. uh, (laughs) All the blue collar. Blue collar podcast. Unpolished. Unpolished. Unpolished and incomplete. Yes. Unpolished and incomplete. Love it. All right. All right. There we go. There's that one. So I'll hit stop.